Slammed away. There's Gaze. That'll rally you. Pass to That's what we've been waiting for. Unbelievable timing on that. And it's the Tigers straight away. Gaze. What a start. Welcome to the ultimate super coach and fantasy sports show. You are now listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you are listening to us. This is Insight Fantasy Sport NBL Edition. And welcome to episode two in our first season of NBL Super Coach. I am the Super Coach Hawk sitting here with my good friend, the man, the myth, the legend, the SC Matrix. How are you, mate? Mate, I'm just in my element. There's been a bit of preseason. Um, yeah, we're talking more basketball. Just excited to be here, really. Mate, I love it. As per usual, we are brought to you by the Standard Squeeze. Make sure you use our promo code INSIGHT15 to get 15% off all Standard Squeeze products. We also are brought to you from Ryan at Astute Finance in Newstead. Make sure you go and hit up Ryan. Tell him that the boys from Insight Fantasy Sports sent you to get taken care of with all your financial needs. Mate, what's on today's show? Mate, look, we're going we're gonna to touch some NBL preseason stats. Not that I like to delve too much into preseason, but when you've got so many, I suppose, moving pieces in um, – in the NBL, um, we're going to go through some super coach relevant stats. Uh, we're just going to have a bit of a chat about where our teams are at and probably just go through some of the highest owned players and just whether we are high on them, uh, whether we're not, just where we sit with them because there is 22 days, 23 hours and 20 minutes till the first tip off. Who's Woo. counting? We are. <laughs> we are. And if you haven't already, make sure you click subscribe. This is where you'll get the most update information on everything that we bring you from an NBL super coach standpoint. Uh, click subscribe. You can follow us on all Apple Podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, YouTube. Hit us up everywhere and we will bring you all the content. That being said, though, with that countdown as well, we give, it, give out a shout out to everyone and make sure you join our league. Um, jump on now. We've got people joining up. We're going to have some cool, fun prizes to give away as we go through the season. Here is our league code. Grab yourself a pen, 680481. That one more time, 680481. Get in on our league. Knock off the Super Coach Hawk. Good luck trying to knock off the SC Matrix. And this is why. Let's jump into preseason, mate. Tell us about the first game. I got the Hawks defeating the Breakers 74 to 85. What were your standouts from this game, mate? Look, realistically, um, it was Cam Glidden. Um, he got 18 and four with two turnovers in 24 minutes. And it should be noted that that is very impressive because he's 104k. <laughs> um, that's, that's, I suppose the, the outlier there. He's, he's only 104k. He's not on too many, uh, teams. And I, I we're going to chat about ownership a little bit later on, but I think Cam Glidden as the captain of this team is going to be playing some minutes and I think he's better than Brad Newley. Well, you heard it here first. Cam Glidden's sitting on 2% of teams at the moment, 104. How much do you read into this from a preseason standpoint? Was there anyone missing? Was he getting extra minutes because of it? What do you see from a Cam Glidden approach, mate? Look, uh, a little bit. Um, they didn't play everybody, but he is the captain or was the captain in this game. 
And I just think he's going to be playing some minutes. He's a knockdown shooter. He's going to sit in the corner. It is going to depend on, I suppose, how their guards pan out. But, yeah, I think there's a, not a lot I like from the breakers this year. But maybe Cam Glidden could be some value when you start to lean into double game weeks. Or he could just be fine to sit on your bench for his price. He's cheaper than a next star. So, Talk to me about Lockie Oldbridge in this game because I have him in my team, as does 25% of coaches out there. And especially at $69,000, I want to know what this cash cow is going to bring in for me. Well, hopefully he plays more minutes. Um, He played 13 minutes, uh, which was, I suppose, disappointing. But it was his first game. Um, He got 10 and 6 with two turnovers, which I'm really impressed with with his 13 minutes. He will be backing up Sam Froling. you know, we're going to see some different, I suppose, some smaller ball lineups roll out as well. But I think for 69K, um, that's beautiful. Didn't miss a shot. So, oh, I missed one shot. There you go. <laughs> how, dare, how dare he? That being yeah, said, he missed, though, the, missed a three. Oof. Maybe he was just, was he shooting it from half court? Did you actually watch <laughs> this game? Or maybe it was no, one of those I didn't watch it. Um, mate, but this is exactly what players and coaches out there now want to see from their $69,000 player. You know he's going to be a backup. You know what you're kind of getting for 69000 But that said, points per minute, and I'm talking about not just points per minute as what he did on court, but points per minute is in a fantasy capacity. That's huge. Um, that just means that he, look, he went on 30 minutes, did his job, and can sort of turn around those points. That's exactly what you want from somebody who's paying sixty nine k for. You know, after those two rounds that he's going to have that price rise in, in round three. So, look, I think his ownership is only going to go up and up from that performance albeit a slight negative that he only got 13 minutes. Just one more really serious thing I want to touch in in this game. Surely Supercoach were taking the piss, making all the bottom dollar guys 69K. (laughs) Do you think there's an innuendo there, do you? Yeah, I fucking love it. I tell you what, I just want to be talking. I I hope there's no price rises for them so I can talk about those 69K players all fucking year. I have no doubt that if I went into your phone right now and I click the emoji button, the first, like most recently used emoji is definitely the eggplant. Don't even lie. <laughs> You've been in a few group chats with me. And you're, sending that to, you're sending that to the folks at MVL Supercoach, aren't you? Absolutely. Thank you for the bottom price of 69K. I actually took away the thumbs up in my Facebook so that when you hold it down, that's all it is. So you know, that's why you I, see I, that I, so much. I think what I loved about that the most was is you started with on a serious note and I actually thought for a second you were going to be serious and (laughs) and I was glued to it. I was absolutely glued. (laughs) Mate, we move on. Uh, Let's jump into uh, Southeast Melbourne uh, versus the 36ers. A bit of a a whitewash here and I'm I'm assuming it's due to players out on the court. Uh, Adelaide getting up 101 to 65. What were your standouts and ones to watch from this game? Um, Mitch Craig played. Which is great. Uh, we were, of course, worried about his finger. Uh, we touched on it last game. Um, but him playing is just great for us, I suppose. Um, I'm not going to read too much into it. But the fact that they got pumped, right? And, like, you've got – let me just duck into the box score while we're here. Great television here. Um <laughs> their starters still like Mitch Craig still played 25 minutes. That was the second most of any player on the court and they still got pumped by this. So not, um, I suppose great from Southeast Melbourne, but anyway, um, I'm not going to take too much from a game. I'm not going to panic with the Southeast Melbourne players that I have, um, but it is good that he's out there and he did 
I suppose, play okay. He top scored for him, um, even though he was shooting less than 50%, uh, 50% from the free throw. Got a couple rebounds, got a couple, got an assist. Um, yeah, not too many negative stats, I suppose, from the minus 24, um, I suppose, counting the score while he was on the court. So Now, I'm one of these people, and a lot of people have flowers in their team. Some people even taking the risk to play him as a starter in their NBL Supercoach team, especially after the announcement coming out that he's going to be a starter. But am I right in saying Kadi got more minutes than him, and is that something that we should be reading into? Yeah, it probably is, but at 115K, are you really worried? I'd be worried if I was one of those guys that are starting with him. Yeah. But I'm okay. I've got him as a I've got him as a bench player. He played 17 minutes. Um he's hyper athletic. Really good things to take from the fact that he had seven rebounds. So he went and scored 12 points, had seven rebounds, had two assists. He's gonna get those negative stats with those turnovers. Turnovers are the only negative scat- stats in I suppose our new super coach that we're chatting about. Um yeah. can also play the two. Uh he did it a lot with with Sobi, um, and I watch nearly every Bullets games. Uh, he can play the two. I do think he's a better point guard. It doesn't matter whether Kadi's off the bench or starting. I think that you might see a 20-minute split either way. So Yeah. So we've talked a lot about what possible teams could look like. We're going to get there in a second, not to give a spoiler away, but you are one of those people that currently has a low-priced player on your starting lineup. It isn't Flowers. It's another one, and we, we, I'm intrigued to what that looks like because that's <laughs> got to be the risk whether it's worth putting on somebody of that price and whether they can produce the numbers covered by a, a Cotton or a Mitch Creek or even both. But I think Flowers is one people are going to watch very closely in this preseason because I think that's the player we'll see some people take a risk on being a starter. In my case, I think it's smarter to put him on the bench and then you'll be just happy with whatever he produces because that price is going to skyrocket through the ceiling. Any other points there, mate, before we move on to uh, the Jack Jumpers versus the United? Yeah, Jamal Franklin, um, ex-NBA guard, Jamal Franklin. Um, yeah, 14 points, six rebounds. I was just probably excited about the out-of-position. I suppose that they played, they started four guards, really. But it was just those out-of-position rebounds that the guards got. I'd be really happy if Flowers and, and Franklin who are both in my team at the moment, were getting that sort of six, seven rebounds. I'd probably expect at least Franklin to get a few more minutes, even with Kadee there on the bench. And, um, yeah, if they can get this many rebounds, they can probably get eight in a full game, which would be a fantastic average. Um, he still does get a couple turnovers there. Um yeah, look, I suppose nothing really else to touch on except for 140K GAC. Uh, went and played 24 minutes. So read into that what you will uh, for the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. But if you're looking for a bit of value, um, yeah, we could we could see Gak there. So we move on to the Tassie Jack Jumpers versus the Melbourne United. Jack Jumpers getting up 89 to 78. Um, there were a few things to come out of this game that I think will be interesting to most Supercoach players. What um what are you saying, mate? Well, I love Jordan Crawford, and I was a bit disappointed with what I saw. He did have another preseason game. I'm not sure if it was against like a select team or or a college or something like that, um, where he scored a few more points in his minutes. Uh, but he went and got 11 and three. Um, I suppose it was was efficient to a degree. I think that he's going to light it up 
in the season. Um, I just wonder if seeing this is enough for me to maybe go, hey, maybe I just wait until he is on a double game week before I get Jordan Crawford in. 21 minutes, 11 and three, shooting 50%, uh, one of five from three. Just no rebounds or anything like that to talk about. Did get three assists, did get three steals, doesn't get blocks, and... um, I suppose he didn't get any turnovers, which was good. Uh, but Milton Doyle um, should be noted that he's 340K, so he does come at a premium price. Um, had 22, 4, and 2 with two turnovers in his 21 minutes. So I think these guys will get more minutes come the season. Uh, having a look at their bench. Talk to me a little bit about, and this is a question without warning. Um, talk to me a little about in AFL Supercoach land, and I'm sure it's similar in NRL Supercoach land, we talked a lot about you got your primos, you got your rookies, and we talked a lot a bit about mid-price maniacs. Where yep. do you see that bracket being for a mid-price maniac? Would you would you price Doyle 340? He's starting to move to the premium echelon. So yeah, he's premium. Where's your, where's your mid-price maniac and who's sitting there at the moment that you're excited about? Uh, 270, so Jamal Franklin's, your Jordan Crawford's, your Luke Travis's, basically all those guys in and around 270. I'm really torn as to whether to get in blokes like Creek and, and Cotton for, and we can chat more about, honestly, that's the biggest we'll get question in, in Supercoach at the moment. But We're it's talking so, high price players. We'll get there. My yeah, bad. Yeah, but it's <laughs> so hard not just to work out whether you want like five of these mid-price guys. Take the take the points as you come along. Take some price rises as you go along because I don't really see those other guys making you any money, but they're going to get you some points to start the year. Yeah, no spoilers. We'll probably finish up with it a little bit as well. We're going to go into episode three. We're very much going to talk about those different strategical teams, the ones with Cottons, the one without Cottons and Creeks, the ones that are balanced, the one that maybe only have one. So stay tuned for episode three. We're going to bring in some experts as well to start talking about those things, but we'll wrap that up at the end of this show. I want to bring up one game. It wasn't, you know, it was uh, the Wildcats played against a NBL one select team. The name that keeps popping up for me is Usher, one of the recruits from uh, the Wildcats. He only played 23 minutes, 7 of 13. He put two of three three three-pointers in. He had 19 points, if I'm correct, uh, three steals, two assists, six rebounds. At 277, I'm not saying he's going to outplay Cotton, but at that price, he's one that I'm going to strongly look at to maybe put in as a forward for my team. Yeah, I'm just, I don't know. Apart from Pinder and Cotton, there's not much excitement for me with the Wildcats, to be honest. So we move on. Watch this space. I've got him <laughs> in my team. We'll talk about our team reveals in a second. Where do you want to go next, mate? Are we going to go to team reveals or do you want to go to high ownership players? Where do you want to go? You can choose your adventure. We'll go into team reveals. Let's let's, let's head into that. Um, let's do it. We probably should mention that we are putting our teams into the Discord. Um, it is in the comments at the moment and it's just a community. We've got about a hundred people in there at the moment. We've built it through some, some hardcore NRL fans, some hardcore AFL fans. Uh, we're lining up some games on, on 2k. We're lining up our fantasy comps that we're doing with, with NBL, with NBA. Um, basically everything that we do goes through the discord. It's not one of those discords that you have to pay to be a part of. It's just, I suppose, your direct line to us. And then if you're going to ask for advice too, if we're not available, you've got 100 like-minded people in there um, giving their opinions. And, um, yeah, there's there's some really good fantasy talent in there. So, um, yeah. 
There are 99 people that are much smarter than I am in that Discord. So get on board, ask those questions. I think some of the chat's been fantastic lately. I think the NBL chat's really picked up. We talk about the experts in the different areas. We've got some great basketball brains in that uh, in that Discord chat at the moment. So jump on, ask the questions, get involved, at least find out as uh, Matrix is talking about there. It's free. So jump in and, and join in the conversation and we'd love to hear from you. Give us a shout out, add us. We'll come and join in the chat within no time for sure. Let's move to your team. Now, we did team reveals in episode one for where we were starting off. Talk to us a little bit about your team. What changes have you made and where it's currently sitting at? Yeah, so um, I've got... I had Big Sauce in there, um, but I'm going to go with Huck Porty. Um, I did like what I saw. He just got um, 3 and 10 in 23 minutes playing. And with the way... And we're going to chat chat more on Thursday about it. But with the way that the scoring, the way that I read, it's easier just to get on a bloke that's, in my current opinion, having a look, it's easier to get on a bloke that is a chance of scoring 25 than trying to chase somebody getting a double-double for me. Because I think when you score 25 points, you get 25. Say you score 10 and 10, you also get 25. I think you're, if you score 25 points, you're a chance of getting assists, which are worth two points, and you're a chance of getting some rebounds and steals and stuff just while you're out on the court. So I'm actually leaning towards a bit of a punt center build. Um, so I've got Huck Porty starting. I think that he will still be serviceable, which has allowed me to get, with that extra 200K, has allowed me to get Mitch Creek and Bryce Cotton to start. Um, yeah. I'd love to find a way to have Jordan Hunter as well, but I've currently got Lockie Albrecht sitting there. Um, and you know what? He was pretty good in his minutes there. Um, I'm just – right now my opinion is I'm just too scared not to start with Bryce Cutton on a double game week. It's a fair point. The, I mean, it's a fair yeah. point that I think a lot of people think about. Look, I, I'm i balanced at the moment and I can't get him in, And but if there's one move that I make, it's to try and get Cotton in. I just don't know who to sacrifice yet. You're doing it at the center. I'm not. I got Williams sitting there in the center. I did have Pinder, but I've made a little bit of a move there. Um, any other changes you made, mate, before I reveal where yep. my full changes are? Yeah, after not having Travis in, I've got him in. Yeah. Um, and I've got Jamal Franklin in. Just a double game week Ooh. with Adelaide. Watching Adelaide, and they played Southeast Melbourne and pumped them. Um, I think it's actually good for Franklin if Flowers is only playing that sort of 17, 20 minutes, um, and Franklin's just going to jack a lot of shit. And I'm excited for that from this, I suppose, this new way that Supercoach is set up. Would have been really negative. He definitely wouldn't be a guy I was looking, was looking at in NBL Fantasy. But getting Franklin in, right now, what I don't like with having Mitch Creek, Cotton, Franklin, Travis, is that I've got a non-playable replacement sitting there on my bench um, because I've frankly ran out of money. Um, <laughs> yeah, but the but maybe I just do that for a week because the plan would be to get Sobe in for a double game week, week two, and get Cotton out because he's only playing a playing a single game week and just I've got two trades a week. Let's just use them. So, and sometimes you just got to do the math. Like, what are you actually going to get from that bench player that you're putting in compared to taking out a creek or taking out a cotton when you're only getting 50% of maybe 10 points that you get from someone on the bench? It's five. You're getting that made up with a cotton and a creek compared to somebody else that you have to take a bit more of a risk. You kind of know what you're going to get. Um, so, look, especially it's a risk when you're going to cap, 
especially when you're 100% going to captain them. Like one yeah. of those, Cotton and Creek is going to get captained for me. So, Yeah, and I think that's what I'm struggling with. So if I take a look at my team, I've just for a bit of fun, I just wanted to see what it looked like. I don't know if he'll stay there, but I put Usher into the starting lineup after the performance that he had. I've heard good things. I thought he was just going to be completely de- defensive-minded, but see him be able to put up that many shots, clearly they're going to go to him on the offensive end as well. So for me, it was between him and Valentine. Double game week for the Wildcats, so he's in there. Bolden sitting in my um, other forward. I've brought Williams in now over Pinder because I didn't want it to be too Perth-heavy, especially if I want to try and get Cotton in there. And then I'm tossing and turning between Franklin and Crawford. The reason Franklin will go in is because, as you just said, they're the double game week. And then Travis sits in my guard as well. I haven't touched my bench. I've still got Tui, Albrich, um, Huckporty, Flowers, and Armstrong. I think it's a strong talking point that we haven't talked about, which is Armstrong not being around week three and week four. That being said, though, he does have a price change before that. So I think you've got to have him in your team 100%. Take that price rise. You might make a call from there on what you do next. And does he drop out of your side for a bit? Do you take the donuts and bring him back in? I'm not sure. But I think he's a must-have. But just wanted to bring that attention to everyone that he's not around week three, week four, but he does have his price jump. So for me, he must start in your team, albeit on the bench. Yep. Agreed. I love Taron. And I think, I know it's too early to say, but I think I'm just going to cop not having a bloke playing for those two weeks. Um, what's a, what's a, what's 75, 80K going to get me on the bench anyway? Three or four points? Yeah, and look, we never know what might happen between now and then. I think this is one of those big differences that people have to be aware of compared to your NRL. Definitely your AFL. If you're an AFL super coach fan, you know, there's no new rookies that are just coming in week three, week four, week five that you can make these moves. Sometimes you're just going to have to hold on to these players. You're not going to get these debutants all the time. It's a basketball team. Um, and you, yep. it's, we all know that how that works. But just be aware the strategy and the pieces attached to this are just going to be very different to what you're used to. Um, the only other thing that I want to point out, we talked about what we might bring in episode three, but episode four, we're going to start working on schedules. You keep hearing us talk about double games week. We've got the schedule. We've got the graphics ready to go on who has those double game weeks that can help you guys forward plan on which players you need to get in at different times and when you need to make those moves. So be aware, we're going to keep bringing you this content as we go along. We're just trying to not make seven hour episodes so that everybody stays attached and uh, has a good time. Yeah, it'll be a couple episodes a week now um, heading into the season, which is three weeks away now. So, Mate, let's move on into high ownership players. I'm going to do the top five in each position. I'll try and not double up because obviously you've got your dual position players. Let's start with the guards. Mate, it's your time. You have the microphone. You can say whatever the hell you want to say. But we'll try and keep it pretty punchy on whether you think these are good moves, bad moves, or be carefuls. Um, look, I think some of these are very easy to start with, but Luke Travers is currently sitting on 39% of ownership. He's obviously a guard forward. You've talked about having him in your team. Is he a must have a maybe, or I know he's not a be careful, but a be careful. Yeah. Oh, look, I suppose it's a maybe for me. Um, I don't think that you, he's must own by any stretch of the imagination, but right now he's near NBL, NBA talent player. Um, what's his ownership at the moment? Is it like, it's like 40% or something bonk. Yeah. Just under 39% spot on. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, there's no risk to having him and not having him. Like 
I'm going to antipod somebody that I'm a bit sure. Uh, and antipod is not getting somebody that everybody else owns. So Luke Travis has a good week. You don't really gain anything because everybody owns him. I'm going to antipod, and that's not having these really high-owned players on somebody that I think is a little bit more of a risk than Travis. I'm just going to get him, but I don't see myself holding him all year. Um, hopefully get some price rises out of him and move him on. So. Yeah, I think for me, he's a must-have just because of his price and what you just said. You don't get hurt by having him because so many people have him. Um, I think sometimes you can get too fancy or too complicated with your team and take too many risks. I think he's a safe bet at the moment, which if he doesn't come through, well, then you can make the move before the price rise. But I think his price definitely at least goes up as a worst-case scenario. So for me, he's a must-have. Bryce Cotton is next on that list at 36%. You've talked heavily about why he should be in your team week one. Do you see him as somebody that you carry throughout a season or it's a chop in, chop out type player? I think it's chop in and chop out, by the way, that he won't rise in cash. So, yeah, I think you're definitely going to be wanting to captain him on double game weeks. But maybe you just, yeah, maybe you just get him in and out uh, situationally. Maybe if he's on a one single game week or you're definitely going to need to trade him out if he's on a bye week. Um, like if he's not playing for the week, you can't have 460k cash just sitting there. Um, yeah, I just I'm worried that he will only lose money, but you're gonna want to bank those points. So I understand why everyone has him week one. Like I get it, and I wish I could find a way to put him in. And, I, and look, I probably will find a way to put him in that week one. I just don't think he produces the numbers that he has produced. I think they actually have a really strong roster this year, the Wildcats. I think they've got a lot more depth. Last year, they relied so heavily on their starting five because they lost confidence in that bench uh, bench roster and bench minutes. He was also the main guy from an offensive standpoint. I think they're bringing in guys that are going to get a job done on that end. He might get some more assists. I don't think his points stay where they were, but at the same time, he doesn't have the penalties for missed shots. So it's hard not to have him. Hard not to have yeah. him. Um, next on that list is Trenton Flowers. Obviously, due to that comment of him being a starter, he's 115K. He's also at 34%. I'll ask the question to you. Do you start him? Do you bench him? Or do you have some concerns? I bench him. I think that at 115K, any starter at 115K, you're going to want in your team. So I'm just going to hopefully going to bench him. I suppose it's what you do with the extra cash by starting him. If it allows you to get Creek and Cotton, well, you can probably make that work. But just know that Kadee's going to be playing a lot of minutes. Franklin's going to be playing a lot of minutes. Trenton Flowers is a rookie. Yeah, just he's going to make money. He works as a cash cow, and he's somebody that you can play situationally in your starting lineup. But I'm more comfortable with him sitting on my bench. I'm going to skip the next one. It's Taron Armstrong. I think it's a no-brainer. I don't think we have to go into it too much of why you're putting him on your bench at 69K. I do want to get your insights on the next two players before we move to forwards. And these guys are also um, dual position, so it makes sense. Chris Goulding's at 19% and Denzel Valentine's at 17%. Valentine at 277, Chris Goulding at 262. What's your take on both of them? And then even if you're not picking either one, if you had to pick one of them, who would you take out of the two? Look, I think with Chris Goulding, like, just let me Google how old he is. He seems like, what's he, (laughs) 33 or something like that, um, if I remember correctly. Um, Be careful, mate. I'm 39. Be careful. 
He's 34 <laughs> years old. I just can't see any growth. I just can't see him becoming any better. And he's priced yep. on previous year's stats. Um, I like it. I think that he's you're going to get $268,000 or whatever he is worth of points. But why not get somebody with a little bit of upside? Why not get somebody that will get you $270,000 worth of points and also raise the bar? I think going to Supercoach, there's going to be a lot of new players. And Chris Goulding plays for Australia. He is a bloke that everybody's heard of. And I think that's the only reason he's there. Absolutely. Fair enough. Um, so we move on to the forwards. I won't double up some of the players. Obviously, there's dual position players. At 32% is Keanu Pindo, who's now obviously gone to the Wildcats. Rebound leader last year, uh, rebounds per game. What's your call on Pindo? Must have, maybe, watch out for? Um, a real luxury if you can have him. I really like, you know, the dual position and everything as well. Um, I probably consider him a center myself, but I really like the dual position. Really? But when I'm doing the math in my head and I've said it earlier, just like to get that 10 and 10, I think I'd rather a guy that I think has the opportunity to score 30 rather than chasing that double, double. I'm not sure. Um, I won't own Pinder to start. There's rumors coming out of the Wildcats as well, that they might go after a big, a genuine big, you know, that's yep. nearly that watch this space for me type thing, depending on when it happens or when it's released or if that does happen. It's an interesting one for me because the coach didn't go down that avenue. If anything, he played small ball last year. He tried to bring a bit of an NBA mentality, but the big man is big and alive in the NBL. We know that the NBL requires a big man in that center position to to be strong and be a bit dominant. But um, does that concern was- you when you hear rumors like that? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was Gazy who said it. I don't think that he would just blow up smoke um, and just have a chat. I think that they're waiting for the boys to get back from Japan. And um, look, I've heard that it's going to be do-up wreath. So um, he is somebody that I would genuinely chase more so than Pinder. That's it. That would be a huge signing, don't you reckon? That that would be massive, yep. not only for the NBL, but for a team like the Wildcats who already looks strong as anything. Um you know, a team that need to bounce back, make the finals. The streak was alive. Obviously, the Wildcat fans over here in WA got really angry at, at what the team was looking like. But um, that's massive for them if they could sign him. Yeah, I really think that there needs to be some investigations in their salary cap, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know. We'll move on. Uh, leave my Wildcats alone. Um, speaking of the Wildcats, at 115K, at 30% ownership, uh, Alexandra Saar. What's your thoughts there, mate? So I had him, I've moved him out because of these chats. Um, yep. I think that, yeah, uh, Pinder could play a little bit of center. I think that um, if they do sign somebody like Reith, even if it is the chat that it is another massive big, it's just another big that Sar's going to be sitting on the bench with. Um, yeah, at 115K, I think he'll still raise money, but I'm probably just going to get somebody for... 69k and um yep. sit them on my bench instead of spend 115k so and if he shines and he rises then you get him in before that price change and you can have a look at it and go that way so good call um mitch creek sitting at 28 percent 418k obviously one of the highest uh priced players um 28 does that surprise you that he's under 30 or is it just a pricing that people are choosing at the moment between cotton and creek 
Yeah, it's just a price thing. Um, two double game weeks in a row. Um, I am going to be moving heaven and earth to get Mitchell Creek into my team for starters. I currently have a bloke that's not going to play any minutes just to have Mitch Creek and Bryce Cotton at the moment. I would rather have Mitch Creek than Bryce Cotton to start the year. Took the question out of my mouth, mate. That's what people want to hear is get the stats from the Matrix himself. Um, the last one here at 27% is Majuk Majuk. Um, is it a 69K thing? Do you see him actually getting some minutes? Where does he sit in your eyes? No, I I don't really know. I think it's a 69K thing. Um, he's a 69K player that's probably going to play, but not a lot. Um, yeah, I don't really understand this one. I think that you'd be better off. I suppose we're talking about forwards now. I know he's center and forward eligible, which is probably rising those numbers. But I'll be going with Albrich or um or probably Bannon from the from the uh, bullets. So I reckon this number sits with a lot of people who are kind of just getting involved with NBL Supercoach, which is great. We want the more the merrier. Get involved. Everyone sign up and come and play. But I think it's a name that people have heard. And to see him at 69,000, yep. I think it's just sort of jumping the gun a little bit early. But yeah, I think they're going to be concerned there. We move. Yep. Uh, we move to the centers now. Again, still sitting there already is the um, is the same names that I've just sort of mentioned. Um, I'm trying to think who else kind of fits in the list because the the centers there's a lot of dual positions. So Pinder's still at 32, Sars at 30, Majuk Majuk's at 27, Lockie Olbridge is at 25. What's your take on him? Most people have him in there at that 69k. Bottom bottom dollar guy. Should raise in price. It's about what you do with the extra money you spend. Um, I prefer him over Majuk Majuk. I think there's a bit more upside there. Um, look, Sam Froling is going to be the the starter, uh, but I think he can't be out there all the time, and I think Albridge is going to play some really good minutes. So, so Sam Froling sitting at 9%. We've talked a lot about uh, Hook Porty, so I might skip over him at 17. There's three names here that I want to talk about that we haven't talked about too much, as in we haven't talked about them in depth. Jonah Bolden's at 16%. Alan Williams is at 15%. And Rocco is at 12%. Who stands out there? They're all about, you know, Rocco's at 115K. Um, Jonah's at 232. Alan's at 381. So you're going rookie price, mid-price maniac, and obviously a primo. Talk us through those three players. I love Big Source. I wish that I had him in my team. I had him in my team in the last iteration, but basically not getting big sources allowed me to get both Mitch Creek and Bryce Cotton. So I'm okay with the trade-off there. Uh, Jonah Bolden, I'm just, I just want to see him. I just want to see him play before that. And if he had a double game week to start, I think that I would, I would start him off. Like I know that Huck Porty is going to score more points in two games than Bolden's going to score in his one game. And I think, I hope that he comes in and he's really good. Um, I think he's been playing in Israel. And I had a look at his stats and it looks okay. Um, we, of course, saw him play for Australia. Actually, he just bailed the uh, the game before I went down to Melbourne to watch him. Um, and we saw him play in some limited minutes in Philly. Um, good basketball player, 230K, priced well, but not cheap enough to bother putting him on your bench. Um and the 50K that I can use with that money in getting Huck Porty, I'd, yeah, I'd probably rather get him. And Rocco Zakarski, um, seven foot three, absolute <laughs> monster that will be yeah. playing in Brisbane. Um, just remember he's playing behind bangers. Um, yeah. I would just like to see that 
like unless Bang is is actually more injured than he was last year, which I don't see that happening. He looked really, really slow. Um, but it was still actually at times in Brisbane, it felt like it was Banger's team, much to our detriment, which is why we ended up down there near the bottom of the ladder. Um, but I still don't see Zakarski taking all these minutes. I see him maybe in a like a 12 minute a night role or something like that. Um, yeah, quite a great preseason game. That's why he's there. Speaking of Aaron Baines, I mean, are you surprised? I mean, he's only priced at 240, 300. They, they think his average is going to be higher than what he averaged last year at 20.7, um, 6% ownership. Are you surprised he's down so low, being a bit of a, you know, being a household name to basketball fans out there and obviously being NBA caliber player back in the day? Are you surprised he's sitting at 6% at that price? I, th- I think if anyone watched him play last year, he was pretty garbage, um, like at least for the eye to see, like eh. – and like I know what he does, like in in defense, and and you know he talks to everybody around there, and he's a leader on the court, and and everything like that. But he just looked a step slow last year, and I think that if anyone watched the Brisbane Bullets last year, they wouldn't have been very impressed. So, no, fair enough. Like, Mate. like Goulding, Goulding looks like a jet, and he's exciting every time he walks out on the court. So, bangers, not so much. Love it. That's it for us tonight, mate. I'm going to throw to you for your last words before I completely close out. But I do want everyone to get a little bit excited. We have episode three coming up. As we said, we're going to aim to do minimum one, if not two episodes a week, especially leading into the season. We think two episodes a week is definitely what you guys need so that you can build your teams to be successful in the Supercoach NBL land. Um, Episode three, we're going to... It's the one not to miss. That's a foundation strategy team. So as we said... A Cotton and Creek team, a no Cotton and Creek team, a one or Cotton or Creek. We're going to start talking about every possible foundation that you could start with. Embed a little bit into the double game week, into that first week approach. Um, we're going to bring in some experts, most likely, I think, if we get one of our guests into the show. And then that's going to lead into episode four. Where we're going to heavily talk about schedules, double game weeks, when and why you make some moves. Mate, we've got so much content still to bring. Final words from yourself. I'm just really curious. I'm looking at your setup there, and um, does it say Pinder or Big Source on your board in behind you? I'm just really curious, you know. And and what I'd and what I'd like to see during the season is that you put the NBL players' heads up on the board. So um, if you can get the NBL players' heads up on the board, and you can actually maneuver them on your screen up there, I'm I just really excited to see that. Yeah, that's so, that's what I'm here for. Anyone who's watching this on YouTube, you can see this random black wall that is over here. I have a two-year-old son, and I decided to paint a chalkboard wall for him. That is also my weekly schedule back there of what I do for meals and, and all that jam. But you know what? It's not. It's for, super coach. He's for this playing, podcast, he's playing. I'm going to start putting some special things up there for you, mate, and we can talk about it each week and see what I come up with. There's definitely a Caruso jersey going up there. Mate, <laughs> one thing before we sign out. NBA 2K24 is about to be released soon. Have you purchased it yet? Yep. I got it for Father's Day. Um, got the got the edition that I can watch all the uh, the 2K, the NBA games on it as well. And, uh, yeah, we're going to be – I probably won't be doing any of the ANZ 2KPL, um, I suppose, anything there. But, um, yeah, I'm keen to play with some really good players. Am I right in saying the release is on the 7th? Is it? Yeah, is that Friday? 
Oh, I've cleared my weekend schedule already. I love I'm just, that. I'm just really worried that my boss is listening to this for when I call in sick for Friday. So, <laughs> Mate, look out for that. As you said, you've already touched on all the other things we're doing here on Insight Fantasy Sport. We've got BBL. We've got uh, the ANZ 2K League. We've got so many exciting things coming up. Make sure you subscribe, get involved. Big shout out to the Standard Squeeze and astute in Newstead, Ryan Hammond, who support the show, support those who support us. Until next time, this has been the Insight Fantasy Sport Podcast. Peace out. Cheerio.